I was left with no other choice but to protect myself and my family. It was a difficult decision and a risk one only takes if resigned to the impossibility of a fair trial. The charges against me are baseless. Why do you think the prosecutors have leaked false information to the press against the Japanese law? Why have they intentionally concealed exculpatory evidence that support my innocence? Why have they continually delayed the still undetermined, 13 months after the still undetermined trial date, and extended the relentlessly the invitation, in investigation timeline? I promise you name. I'm going to give you names. Okay? Who was part of the plot? Obviously, Saikawa is part of the plot. Harinada is part of the plot, obviously, and Onuma, because they showed. But there are many other people. Toyoda, member of the board, was the link between the board of Nissan, Nissan, and the authorities. Now, I can talk about what happens in the government of Japan. I can give you names, I know them. But I am in Lebanon, I respect Lebanon, and I respect the hospitality that has been extended to me by the authorities in Lebanon. My word, three weeks later and we uh, still can't, together, combined, form a decent intro. (laughs) Everybody, (laughs) I'm your friendly neighbourhood, Mr. Andre Harrison, and we're back! Hooray! Welcome to season six, which is really weird to say, of Motorsport 101. We are back. I hope you guys had a lovely Christmas, a lovely holiday season, and of course, Happy New Year from everybody here at Motorsport 101. We hope your 2020 is off to a fine start. Um, Here's hoping anyway, because, you know, the world's a bit shit at the moment. Hopefully, a motorsport podcast that will get in the way will help a little bit. (laughs) That's the plan, at least. With me, as always, Mr. Ryan King. Hello, sir. Uh, glad to be here, and uh, hopefully not serving on the front line of some terrible conflict between the United States and Iran. Oh, good. So do we, we haven't had conscription in yet, no? Oh, man. If if there was, it would we wouldn't even be talking right now because we wouldn't have war right now. Yeah, that that's that's kind of true. Uh. RJ, any more optimism in the house? I'm sticking to my New Year's resolutions for at least another month. <laughs> Possibly. We'll see how this goes. Oh. Uh, what resolutions was this? Um, Actually trying to get myself on a better diet, pick up exercising, um, managing uh, more than just a couple of things, uh, being better on the day-to-day, just like stuff outside of my own self-indulgent bullshit. You know, things I hopefully intend to follow through with by the end of the year. But if not, hey, I'm glad I've got you guys, right? Yep. Yeah, we're totally not enabling this activity by sitting down once a week and uh, doing nothing for two to three hours while I record a podcast, right? Right? Anyway, Cam, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Uh, just pre-ordered my Sony Drive, man. 2020 is an interesting time where Sony <laughs> yeah. makes cars. Yeah, we all thought we were going to see what the PS5 looked like, but no. Sony makes cars now. 
hey, hey, maybe, maybe this is Sony desperately trying to enter the hypercar class of in the month. Is, is Gran Turismo the new officially licensed game of the WEC? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, Brah, I would hate to see what the Google Stadia's team's uh, concept of a Le Mans hypercar would be like. It's <laughs> real bad. Bye, bye Collars, now sponsored by Google Stadia. I have nothing. I, I, have, I have nothing to add to this. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. I, 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 <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit broken here, folks. Yes, on this day, in this new decade, we left Dre speechless. That, that doesn't happen very often on here. What a way to start 2020. Manchester United taking an L. There is an awful fires going on in Australia, which we'll talk about in a minute. And we might be in the middle of World War Three. <laughs> on the other hand, a purple mohawk-haired Scotsman won a championship for playing pub games. Um... <laughs> and uh, the most prolific NFL team over the past two decades won't be competing for this year's Super Bowl. Can we not, please? Uh, uh, let me just any win right now. <laughs> this is a win for me. You know, I'm just looking into this war chest of Boston and New England titles. I think we'll be okay, New York fan. <laughs> I- I'm just ready to jump through a burning table. Uh, this is not some <laughs> hashtag Bills Mafia stuff. I really want to jump through a burning table. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, so, so even sports can't save us from being somewhat miserable going into the new year. I nah, love it. nah, I can't wait for the Knicks to lose to the Lakers tonight. It's going to be top class. Hey, you almost beat the Clippers, like, third string team. <laughs> My hockey team got a new coach. This might actually work out. Manchester United are losing 3-0 to Man City in a cup semifinal right now. It's great. Gordon Hayward is apparently made of Legos. And we <laughs> might have found breaking. our new official sponsor for the podcast. Who could that be? Besides uh, NordVPN, obviously. Uh, no, I'll, like ju- I'll pu- just ask you, Dre. Would you like some pussy? Natural energy with 100% natural ingredients. Buy two for a pound. To, well, to be fair, my girlfriend did dump me last month, so yes. <laughs> oh, um, no! <laughs> I don't when do know, I man. sign up for this? I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm I'm also in solidarity with King with, uh, with we are hashtag fuck JCPenney 2020. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, safe to say most of us had a pretty shit Christmas. Can we, should, should we get back to what we do moderately well and basically try to orchestrate some sort of motorsport podcast? Hell yeah, Ooh, let's do it. Plan. Let's check let's out that plan. motorsport news. Has that been any? Oh my god. Oh god, we missed a lot, didn't we? Um, yeah. This episode is basically going to be the catch-up episode while we go through all the news we missed over the last three weeks over Christmas and New Year's. And trust me, there is a lot to get through. Oh god, the top story! (laughs) Oh Oh, dear god. So, uh, so, I I assume everyone in the room is now looking at me because who's involved in the top story? Is it something Renault related? Oh, man, long live the Alliance. <laughs> Y'all ever just be the executive of a car company and suddenly you're on some Metal Gear Solid shit? <laughs> yes. Um, and of course, with your uh, with your pledges at patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101, we can bring a, a break and bring this fugitive to justice. All you got to do <laughs> is just hit up social media with the hashtag 
GONY2020. That's G-H-O-S-N-Y-2020. What, what year is this? Is this 2015 again? Like, like if we get enough hashtags, we'll be able to stop Joseph Coney? Is that it? Like, Jesus <laughs> That's Christ. exactly what it was derived from, Trey. Oh, my God. We so. also have Formula One and Formula Two and Formula Three news. Uh, IndyCar, bikes, sports cars, and, of course, the moment you've been waiting for... Our live reactions to the Autosport Top 50 of 2019. Oh, yes. Lord. Yeah, let me just say again, on the record, that uh, <laughs> I have not seen this list. I genuinely have not seen this list. It's become a bit of a yearly tradition on this show. And as you, it is our reward for getting through the news. You get to see me react to Autosport Top 50 again, because for some reason, my co-hosts like me going through it ten-tenths amounts of pain. Um... Apparently, I'll be surprised at this year's ones. Guys, you hate to see it. So, uh, <laughs> that'll be later on in the show. In the meantime, let me give, let me give you guys a catch-up on places you can find this. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. And hey, there was an actual video on there this past week. Yes, yeah. I'm actually planning to make some videos again. That'll be nice. I talked about the decade in Formula 1 as we knew it. And, you know, going forward into 2020. Or as I like to call it, 2019 um, should be fun time for all involved. That is on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We are on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And our personal handles are at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, and at CBuckley917. Follow us all on social medias. Um, if you can follow us on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 five dollars gets you early access to all of our episodes ten dollars gets you in the supporters club of our discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they are being produced and put out for your listening pleasure we've got a big audience in the chat as always hey to toki steven uh steve's in here vince uh, vic is in here as well and zoe hope, hope you guys enjoy it uh in, enjoy this shithousery for the next couple of hours uh you know, <laughs> you guys are the best. Um, thank you for that. Um, also, I did want to, to make an address. Some of us and some of our friends at the show are doing a lot to raise uh, raise some money uh, for, for the awful, awful bushfires that are going down in New South Wales over in, in Australia right now. Um, our friend at the show, Hayley, um, all, of, all of her sales that she does on her art shop, check it out if you haven't already, 20% of, of all the profits that go through that um, will go directly towards that fund and I've decided I will match any and all donations that go through Haley's shop this month out of out of the goodness of my heart and my very thin back pocket. Um, so if you haven't done already, check that out already. I believe our friend Josh Wilcock as well produced the amazing Autobiomelli, um, or the fantastic biography on uh, Bruno Giacometti, the v, former F1 driver, if you haven't checked it out already, um, do so. Um, it is awesome. Um, you, you can pay whatever you feel it deserves. Um, and again, if anybody does pay for it, which I highly recommend you do, because it's over 20,000 words. It is, it is, it's not just a meme. It's, 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 it's genuinely brilliant stuff. It's the ultimate um, commitment to a bit. Like, you think my bit... It really is! You think my bit as the internet's number one Fernando Alonso homer is impressive? This, this has nothing on Joss's dedication to being the number one Bruno fan in the universe. 
dear God, he yeah, he's absolutely right, and like I, I could not agree more. Again, like I said, check it out if you haven't already. Again, it is technically speaking, it is free, but you can pay for whatever you feel it deserves, and forty five percent of of the profits made from that will also go into into the fund to try and again um to for New South Wales the Red Cross campaign over there and to try and help out with those awful bushfires. Um, for our Aussie cousins that are going yeah. through all of that. So, again, if you can, check out some cool motorsport stuff. Um, and, you know, if you haven't already, um, please, please donate over there. Um, yeah. Many, many people have mentioned yeah. it. Also worth mentioning as well, um, our, our, one of our favourite broadcasters, all round, all, you know, all, all round swell guys, Bob Varsher as well, was very, very sad to hear that a couple of days ago he was, it was announced that... Uh, He's got a rare and uh, very aggressive um, form of, pa- of um, prostate cancer, which is just horrendous to hear. Bob is a uh, is an American motorsport broadcasting legend, and you know his his dulcet tones enhance any motorsport uh, avenue that he takes part in. He's done a brilliant job on Formulary. I mean, to be that was my first experience of listening to Bob, and he is awesome. There is currently a GoFundMe out to support him as well. Um, and obviously him and his family, because again, we all know American healthcare isn't great mm-hmm. at the best of times. And uh, it's it was it's only been up for two days. Marshall Pruitt uh, put this up um, again. Again, it's it's raised over fifty seven thousand dollars in just a couple of days. Again, goes to show you just the the, the power of the motorsport community right now. Um, so. If, again, dip into your pockets, folks. Be generous in, during this uh, tough time of year, and let's help some let's help some good people out here via M101, and uh, that would be awesome. So thanks to everybody for at least spreading the word. If you can donate, please do. If you can't, please share, and uh, you know do all the good things where that's concerned. Much much appreciated, and thank you all for everybody from M101. Thank you very much indeed. Right after this, keep music into you'll be back to not be so miserable. And uh, we'll try and get through some of this news. Talk to me about Coney Mania 2020 edition. Okay. <laughs> First, let's let's get back up to speed with our good friend Carlos Gone. Uh, for those who don't remember, November not last year, November 2018, Carlos Gone was arrested when he re-entered Japan uh, on a private airplane. And uh, he was accused of uh, accounting fraud where it where allegedly through uh through a non-japanese executive in the nissan's legal department whistle blew to the japanese government that uh that carlos Ghosn had had used 18 million dollars in nissan funds to buy apartments in rio de janeiro beirut paris and amsterdam as well as expensing family vacations to nissan when you work Uh, hard you get a bonus and sometimes you want to give yourself a little bit extra bonus shall we say so uh japanese government held him in jail for almost a month without charging him uh let him out uh then in December they rearrested him because it also 
uh, he was also then accused again of uh, shifting his own personal financial losses of of sixteen point six million dollars to Nissan accounts. Oh, um, is that legal? <laughs> Shake that ain't legal. It's very not legal. Yeah, uh, and someone else within the company made up a shell company in the Netherlands as what he told the Nissan board as a way for Nissan to start their own venture capital fund. What the Nissan board did not know, that it was basically Carlos Ghosn's own personal piggy bank, which he also paid himself an undisclosed $8 million. Just, oh, and it was that same year in 2018 he did that. If he just marketed it as like a Matt's Verstappen fans Patreon, it would have gone much smoother. <laughs> so you're telling me there'd be no controversy at all about a random $8 million pledge just randomly turning up, yeah? So, <laughs> so uh, basically, getting to the most recent point in the story, uh, in March, he requested bail. Bail was uh, approved and set at 1 billion yen, which is about 9 million US dollars. Uh, he paid the bail. He was let out on bail and put on house arrest. <laughs> That's where the story gets wilder. <laughs> because... Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Lord. What do you mean it's, what do you mean it's only just getting wilder now? No, oh, you see, you're gonna love this. Yeah, you see, so, the, the turbocharger in Nissan GTR, it's gotta take time to spool off, but once it hits, like, a certain RPM, once it spools up, it just launches you. So, on December 30th, 2019, there were just reports from media outlets that Carlos Ghosn wasn't in Japan anymore. No one knew where he was for for a few hours. Next thing you know, he pops up in Beirut, Lebanon. If you don't know geography, (laughs) Beirut, Lebanon, and Japan are pretty far (laughs) apart. The other side of the world, for God's sake. And... He uh, sent out a press release through his press representative here in New York saying that he uh, escaped Japan to no longer be held hostage by a rigged Japanese justice system. All right. <laughs> so It's the system, of course. <laughs> so what everyone has pieced together so far, here's what most people believe is the most probable series of events of how Carlos Ghosn got from Japan to Lebanon. Very fucking right. So, in an escape plan that took months to hatch, and over (laughs) two dozen people from a private military company, uh, they, they, uh, they escaped under the guise of Hosting a private concert in Carlos Ghosn's home. Because remember, Carlos Ghosn is under house arrest. And at the conclusion of the concert, uh, Carlos Ghosn was stowed inside a case used to move musical equipment. They put this man in a box! (laughs) They put him in a box! Why is that bass guitar case walking? The little legs come out of the bottom of the case, and it? it's like, ooh, just, just, just shuffles over. Which he was then <laughs> transported out of his apartment, and uh, 
was escorted to a nearby hotel. And then uh, a nearby hotel uh, where the three men then took a bullet train to Osaka, arrived at a hotel near Kensai Airport in Osaka, then... (laughs) Two men carrying large containers, including said box. <laughs> Carlos Ghosn was then stoned in the box and moved through airport security because in their months of research over dozens of airports in Japan, they realized they realized that Kinsai Airport does not x-ray their, their cargo, <laughs> so they knew that no one would know that he was in the box. <laughs> So no one suspected that, like, the, the 70 kilo man in a box. <laughs> like, like, wait, this seems like a very heavy box, given it probably required two people to lift it. Uh, no, but it's I supposed to be, full of, it's supposed it's to be full of musical equipment. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, I would never have suspected that. I found, a, uh, found an interesting headline that says, Japan Ministry Officials for Japan says Carlos Ghosn escaped because, quote, People always avoid foreigners on trains. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. So, so quote, uh, yes, the the bo- the large box carrying gun was never X-rayed or checked by custom officials, and the plane left Kensai Airport the same day and landed at, uh, at in Istanbul, Turkey, the next day. Uh, with within an hour of landing in in Istanbul, they went to a second private jet where they safely flew to Beirut, and uh, and nobody checked it on the other end either. Nope, nope, nope. An employee at the Turkish private jet operator admitted to falsifying passenger records. Oh, God. <laughs> Would have been even more hardcore if they had just, like, put the whole box in the fucking cargo section. <laughs> I know that would have been cold, but that would have made it look even, uh, made it even no, more hardcore. No, you see, what was keeping him warm was the flaming wreckage of a GTR LM Nismo. Of course. <laughs> what else would it be? Carlos going to crimes! <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't even know what to say anymore. VJ so, Malia has nothing on this. So, at the time of recording, Carlos Ghosn's first press conference hasn't taken place. But on January 8th, which is tomorrow for us, Carlos Ghosn will hold his first press conference. While his wife is being sought for arrest, no less. Yes, and conveniently, they did, like, the Japanese government decided to. Uh, send out an arrest warrant for his wife after Carlos Ghosn said that his wife was not involved. I should note, uh, rewind back to the whole uh, buying apartments and expensing family vacations. At the start of that period in the accounts being, you know, you know, falsified, Carlos Ghosn went through a divorce and married his current wife. Oh. <laughs> it gets better, folks. <laughs> Lads, lads, where do we even start on this? Um, <laughs> so, since Carlos Ghosn's arrest, uh, Nissan stock has been, you know, on a downward trend, but not too good. Renault stock, on the other hand, has lost a quarter of its value. A also, quarter. 
Also, there is currently an internal audit at Reno, and they found that they just there's eleven million euro just missing. This is this is not a joke about Daniel Ricardo's salary, by the way. <laughs> he might not you be sure getting that salary the way and things because, are going. Because Reno is partially state owned by the government of France, uh the French government obviously started their own investigation now. Oh my god. So, this is all the hottest of messes. So, in just last July, Reno's headquarters, just outside of Paris, was searched by 20 police officers. <laughs> like, and, uh, like, Gone is trying to fight back where he sued, like, most French media outlets for libel. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like, he thinks that, like, President Macron is his friend, and he personally appealed to him to, like, tell Shinzo Abe to back off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, Abe, get your hands. <laughs> this is definitely not helping the declining birth rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This, this, this is, ri- I, I can't even comment on, this is ridiculous. And obviously, the United States is the United States, and the uh, the, secu- the Securities and Exchange Commission here in the U.S. have also made their own claims, saying that through their investigations, uh, the United States believe that uh, Nissan failed to report, uh, well, Carlos Ghosn failed to report over four, $140 million in pay to himself. Did you just say a hundred and forty million? Yes, with an M. G- g- God, you can't write this. <laughs> you really. Can't. This is the kind of shit that like Hulu and Netflix are gonna have to make like competing documentaries about the same oh, subject. Wait, wait, wait. The same month. Should note: over the summer, Carlos Ghosn signed a deal with Netflix. Oh, <laughs> uh, for what? I don't know. For whom? <laughs> Man, forget forget Drive to Survive, forget Formula 2 Chasing the Dream, now on F1 TV. <laughs> this is the kind of entertainment that you want to see. I demand a movie! You know, when, I when Hideo... I want, I, want, I, want, I want RJ to play Carlos so we can stuff him in a box and ship him out to another country. Oh, we... actually, uh, news update from literally yesterday. Uh, Netflix responded to Carlos Ghosn's claim that he had a deal signed with them. Netflix is like... No, we don't know where he's getting this from. <laughs> Netflix had to officially say, no, no, he's not our man. Ne- no, Netflix is the Homer Simpson meme backing into a bush. It's like, no, no, we have nothing to do with this, honest. Like, we just, like, the contract was just resting in, in his email, in his email inbox. Honestly. We had no idea it was there. Yeah, when Hideo um, when Hideo Kojima said he wanted to get into movies, I didn't know that the CEO of a car company was going to write the plot for him. Okay, so I should note that. Uh, so Carlos Ghosn did like months before he was arrested. He did meet with a Hollywood producer, John Lesnar. He's produced films like Birdman, End of Watch, Fury on. Pretty much, they met to discuss Lester producing a Carlos Ghosn biopic about his rise to fame as an international executive. Uh, 
audacity I, I, of this man. <laughs> well, this is before he was arrested. You wanted yeah, the rise to fame. To now you get the fall. Actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, this was not. This was just last December when he was under house arrest. Dope, dope, dope. <laughs> oh. This, this, this is hilarious. Like, like again, I love that he had the sheer audacity to, like, to basically talk about making a movie on himself while at the same time siphoning off potentially nine figures of Renault's money. <laughs> that is amazing ego. Like, that is like. Max Verstappen's ego times by twenty thousand. That's hilarious. This is like disgrace. To- this is like disgrace. College football coach Hugh Freeze going to Christian University and then having to coach his first game from a hospital bed after getting an infection. <laughs> oh my god! Are you implying that Carlos might have the clap? <laughs> oh lord. I, I might be implying that Carlos Cone might have used his company issue phones for higher escorts. Please cite Motorsport 101. Please cite Motorsport 101 for this exclusive news. <laughs> this, is, this is not too At this point, honestly, at this point, RJ, anything we say would be less ridiculous than this story. <laughs> Like you could say he's trying to be the next emperor of Japan, and I would almost believe you at this point. It's like so, so there's there is a another part to the story. One final. There's another. Part. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. So there, there, there's a group within Lebanon who wants Carlos going to be prosecuted because. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Israel is a big tech startup uh, country, and Lebanon does not have the best relations <laughs> relationship with Israel. What would and, make you say that? Uh, to be fair, I don't know many other places outside of the United <laughs> States that have a good relationship with Israel, but that's another subject for a whole other podcast. But, but like, okay. it's it's on the level of Lebanon has fought wars against <laughs> Israel and uh, Carlos Ghosn met went to Israel to meet with an Israeli startup uh, startup that specializes in uh, lithium ion batteries Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, basically uh, a company that uh, sells and develops uh, battery charging and battery switching services for electric cars. You're not gonna uh, go into Formula E to compete against <laughs> Nissan E-Dams. It ain't happening, son. Well, Renault used to be Nissan. <laughs> well, they're both Alliance companies. Oh, t- oh yeah, goddammit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Like, King, this is all your mans. All of them. There is no escape. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Carlos Ghosn might not be safe in Lebanon, but he's pretty sure he's safe in Lebanon. Just like we're sure that the GTRLM Nismo had the potential to be the fastest car down the Bullside straight in the straight line. (laughs) Potential. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated as the story develops. (laughs) What do you mean, develops? (laughs) <laughs> what the hell do you call this last fortnight? <laughs> King is like the king of the. Like, 
He's like he's trying to play down the literal war right, right now by saying, yeah, yeah, we'll keep you posted as, as this happens, you know. There, there could oh. be something big coming, who knows? Yeah, yeah, the reason, reason I'm downplaying this because, yeah, this is this get crazier. I, we, I don't think we've seen the end of this. Really? <laughs> we'll can't, give it away, can't King. Can't wait really. for that press conference tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. I can't what wait for... What the hell is he going to say during that... A, a press conference? <laughs> A press conference <laughs> after a man was literally shipped out of Japan in a box where that country wants his head. Honestly, I should just and take you should just take the Marshawn Lynch approach and just be like, "Yo, I'm here so I don't get extradited. I'm here so I don't get extradited." You know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Before we have a mental fucking breakdown over this. (laughs) Before Carlos buys out our podcast to compete against Nissans or something, I don't know. Um, Oh, God. So, so how are we going to do F1 news? Bottom of the field up or top of the field down? Let's go bottom up, shall we? It's more fun. Okay. Well, things are happening at Williams, both good and bad. Uh, Good is is relative here. (laughs) I was going to say mostly bad. So you know how I've mentioned in the past how, yeah, Williams is in a really bad spot, but hey, they have interest outside of F1. Well... Sell it for cash. Flip that for a quick buck. (laughs) Williams has sold their stake in Williams Advanced Engineering. The only team, according to Fritz Dieter Rankin's reporting for racebands.net, that actually lost money, apart from Mercedes... Should be pointed out, much different situation. <laughs> they're comfortable. They're they're fine with losing money. <laughs> Guys, is this bad? Um, it's not good. Real bad. Real bad. So they so- they sold the vast majority of the company to an independent private equity firm. Uh, I believe they still own. Uh, 5% of Williams Advanced Engineering. Basically just enough so it could still be legally called Williams Advanced Engineering. Yeah, I should say, they sold their controlling stake. They didn't sell everything, but they sold their controlling stake in the company. Private equity yeah. firms. You know, the co- the kind of companies that pretty much kill all main retail in the United States that's folded in the last 20 years. <laughs> Williams are so fucked. They're so fucked. So, basically, the managing director of Williams Advanced Engineering, well, no, uh, the CEO of Williams, Mike, Mike O'Driscoll, he's, he's been trying to play this up as uh, a way for Williams Advanced Engineering to see its full potential, which shouldn't its full potential be funding Williams Grand Prix team, but, like, <laughs> I mean... I was going to say, it's like, it's like, what potential do you gain from selling off a major part of your company? I think they're just Quit. trying to divest themselves of assets in an attempt to recuperate some of their debts. That's what it sounded like to me when I first heard this story. They're fucked. They're in big trouble by the sounds of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If they have to sell off the crown jewel, which is their engineering department, then that that can't be good. 
that sounds horrendously bad, as far as I'm concerned. Because yeah. what else have they got? Well, it's like, you know what it is? It's like playing Monopoly. You've just landed on Trafalgar Square. You, like, it's got a hotel in it. You now owe somebody the better part of a grand, and it's like you're now looking at what you need to mortgage. It's like playing Magic the Gathering, realizing that you have no mana of sufficient to play the kind of cards that you want, and you know you're going to get hit for like 40 on your next turn. But you're still going to stick it out anyway, thinking maybe you've still got a chance when you really don't. Uh, on the plus yeah. side, Jamie Chadwick has an expanded role with Williams. She's playing more video games of them, basically. And they brought in everyone's favorite junior formula driver. Well, yeah, they've already brought him. I was about to say they already brought in <laughs> Jamie Chadwick. They already Chadwick. brought in Jamie Chadwick. <laughs> uh, Kate, how excited are you for the potential of Jamie Chadwick and Dan Tickham racing together as teammates at Williams soon? <laughs> <laughs> there is deep conflict here. I could just, I could just see it in King's Head. Like you can't tell, but back in New York, King's Head is basically a burning battery. It's great, <laughs> man. <laughs> Man, like I, I didn't I, I I didn't like Williams before this relationship. Still don't like Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Williams Williams gave me another reason to still not get on board. <laughs> but yes. See, so, so, now, like, so like were, were you happy when they announced it? Like 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 sorry, let me get any, let me get an emotional time scale here. Were you like in the shits? Did like did you throw your Williams merch in the bin when you heard of the TikTok news first, and then you might have like pulled it out when you realised that Chabot was getting an expanded role with the testing? How, okay, How do I okay. unburn I'm my be jersey? Real open here. Don't have any Williams merch. Uh, when, when it was when it was first announced, actually, friend of the show, uh, friend of the show, Pat Hofstetter heard my live reaction because he told me the news, and oh wow. I thought it was a joke, and I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> then he told me, no, it's real. Then I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> Poor King. Oh, no. King I've, kn- King, I've known you nearly nine years. That might be the funniest thing you've ever told me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's going to get a bit worse if Dan Tickham gets a personal sponsorship deal with J.C. Penny. Oh Lord! Oh, oh God! No! Oh. No! Oh. oh Lord! But no more. Yeah. Who turned this into the Who turned this into the roast of Ryan King? Okay, that, okay, that might have been me. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, King. Uh, I, yeah. I, I take I take full responsibility for this one. I, I'm. But though I'm, I'm, I'm generally, genuinely surprised that Williams have signed Dan Tickham. Don't, don't, don't know why. Like he's, he's been dropped by One Driver Academy, um, and now been brought like, into another, which basically doesn't guarantee a damn thing that he'll get a Formula One drive. Like, great, he's affiliated with the Teft Led team. So what? Yeah, yeah. It's basic, basically like these. A lot of these developmental driver roles. Basically, they get you no closer to an F1 drive than you or I. They basically just pay you to go race somewhere else, and, you know, you can be a pit wall well, ornament. The thing is, like, how much are they being paid? It seems like just, like, an unpaid internship at said F1 team. Did they sell the advanced engineering firm to pay Chatters and Tictum? I, I, 
I'd hate Williams if they did that. Like, that is inept. That is dumb. I- is that where we're at with Williams? They're selling off the company to pay two no, people no, just to wear no, the no, merch? No. Oh, God. Like, honestly, it's it, it'll be like putting King's Heart for a meat grinder. Like, come on. Oh, yo. No, I, like... I don't care who they're signing. That's always a bad move. <laughs> if you're selling part of your team just to fund Dan fucking Tictum in your F1 team, something has gone very catastrophically wrong here. <laughs> Is this a good segue to bring to a talk about who's coming to Alfa Romeo on a very related subject? <laughs> Who's bringing them? Who's bringing them tall Pol- Polish oil stacks to Alfa Romeo? He is Poland's <laughs> number one. We love you, Jason Poland. Uh, but Robert Kubica is Alfa Romeo's new reserve driver, coming home to Hinwile and bringing Orlin Petrol with him as the new title sponsor of the Orlin Alfa Romeo Formula One team. Who wants a fat check? <laughs> Remember when this team was called Sauber? Like a whole two years ago? God, I remember two years ago. I was brand new to the podcast. <laughs> I know! You didn't have blue hair back then. It was great. <laughs> I'm joking. I love the hair. That's besides the point. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Like, well, There's not much to really say about this one that we don't already know. I mean, Robert, bless him, you know, was... Uh, I want to say jump before he was pushed at Williams and uh, you know he's still well funded and he still has an F1 dream and I'm sure he'll have a lovely time driving some simulators for Alfa Romeo and I I think we need to pull back on the jump before he was pushed he had a two year contract that was like noped out after one so don't get this straight like Williams who are struggling for money right now apparently especially if they're hiring Dan Tictum and giving a bigger role to Jamie Chadwick of all people and now you you, boot, you booted Robert out the door a year early. Uh, apparently, well, uh, no, apparently no, no. Robert's like, sponsors were yeah. like, yeah, this is not working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert and his sponsors left. He didn't, he was not fired. So, wait, wait, wait. So, let me get this straight. If this wasn't working for the sponsors, what made them think being a test driver for another team is going to be any better? Because, Dre, it's not Williams, and that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Not Williams. You know what? I have no response to that. You're absolutely right. I rescind my previous comments. Good day, sir. And also, also, they could always, in their advertising, play all those feel-good clips from from Robert Kavitz's heyday at Sober. Oh, boy. What do you mean heyday? Oh, boy, so one win and a giant flip. Excellent. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's do no, it. <laughs> the only positive PR they'll, they'll be getting is when he inevitably does a video collaboration with Arava, their esports general manager. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the good that's coming from this. Okay? Yeah, like, call a spade a spade here. Alpha Tori is now official. Scuderia Toro so is no more. We alluded this, and now it's official. Uh, the cards are less colorful, and the shirts are still way too expensive. 400 pound t shirts. We're talking like the kind of t-shirts that Rock Lee would take off for the tuning exam. The kind of t-shirts that normally have box logos on them. Just, just the ones that the ones that Kanye West normally sells. But isn't a isn't a shirt supposed to not be torn before I buy it? <laughs> it's part of the look. 
I wanted to look, I'd just tear my own damn t-shirts. <laughs> it's sexy. Think of all the women you'll pull. Don't, to, to borrow from the soundtrack of FIFA Street 2, Cam, don't look at me, you keep following fashion. <laughs> FIFA Street 2, now that's a throwback. <laughs> Great game. No, I, I, I take that back. Terrible fucking game with, the, with an amazing soundtrack. Anyway. <laughs> anyway... Real nerd sticking point. Uh, you know, Alphatori's, you know, the fashion brand is named after a red star. Why is their color scheme black and white? Black and white. That seems like a big missed opportunity. I'm sorry. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people living in the United Kingdom and thinking, Alphatori, well, why isn't all their stuff blue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's only one Alphatori that I know. That's Boris been a Johnson. Long time since our last episode. <laughs> Uh, Honestly, I thought it was named after a racehorse because there is a British racehorse in this country, given my bookie's background, that is actually named Alpha Tory. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, it's an F1 team. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if there's a connection there. I just thought it was funny. Also, I love that Tony in the chat actually recognized I was quoting Sway. Well played, sir. <laughs> that is a deep reference. Well played. <laughs> I have to say. But uh, yeah, Alpha Tori is official. That is a thing. Good luck to them, and uh, yeah, I hope the merch is cheap. Can't can't wait. For, can't wait for their car launch in Valentine's Day. <laughs> is, it, is it Valentine's Day? Yes. yes. Of, because of course it is. <laughs> like we call dibs on February fourteenth. Damn it, we're on brand. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Couple other stories as well. Um, getting to the further end of the grid, we got extensions being signed. Kids are big getting extensions now. Big ones. Yeah, yeah. Re- remember how everyone's like, guys, 2021 driver mark is going to be so crazy. It's going to be so insane. Anybody can go anywhere. Remember when I said that you're all on crack for thinking Verstappen's going to go to Mercedes? Well, I was right. <laughs> oh, big humble brag, I see. Yes, because... Max Verstappen has signed a four-season extension to remain at Red Bull through 2023. Red Bull Honda and Honda love that kid. That said, you know damn well there's a performance clause in that contract. Oh, oh, look, look, like, we all know who Max's dad is, right? He ain't that stupid. Like, like, there has to be a way where Max can get out of that deal quickly if something goes to shit. No, it won't um, happen because Honda's, uh, all of Honda and Ezra say he's basically the net certain Senate. Yeah, like the director of Honda's F1 program literally compared him to a young Senna and pretty much stated that their whole F1 program is centered around Max Verstappen. You get that? Oh, like we didn't know that already. <laughs> stating the obvious. I was say, as if the meat grinder of driving talent around him just tossing people out of F1 <laughs> on a monthly basis. It is literally Treehouse of Horror 3 when it's like Springfield Elementary gets the giant blender. Like, Max Verstappen's in charge of the button. It's, it's, it's obvious. Yeah, look, I'm actually... I'm not going to lie, this is a big coup for Red Bull, because I honestly thought this man was going to be the number one prize of free agency going into the, to be fair, like, F1 Twitter fan wankery silly season of 2020 we were all hoping we were going to get. And I've already said on Twitter, and you know, it's a good sign when Luke Smith agrees with me, it already might be DOA, purely because of Verstappen signing that extension. He, yeah. was, he, he was the golden carrot, and he's now tied down to Red Bull for four seasons. And I'm sitting here thinking, Why? 
Yeah, I, I thought he was going to LeBron up the F1 driver market. Now that's all done. Like, no one's going to go anywhere now. Uh, no this, one has any reason to. Earth did Max agree to this? Like, seriously. This, like, this how, much, how much money did they offer him? They backed, up, they backed up the Brinks truck. You know they did. <laughs> Prime Sebastian Vettel got $16 million a year when he was at Red Bull towards the end of his time with them. Goodness only knows what Verstappen got to tie down a four-year deal. And Red, Bull, and Red Bull are traditionally cheap with their drivers compared to these other Very teams. Very cheap. But the, the pleasure of, of like, young labor. you got to see, you know, as you do. Like, honestly, like, goodness only knows what that deal is, especially if Max is tied down for four years. That is insane. Yeah, and, I, know, I think Red Bull learned their lesson after being burnt twice in the past couple of years with Ricardo leaving them for Renault, and then before that, Vettel leaving them for Ferrari. Well, to be fair, like, Reb, like, like Vettel had a performance clause in his contract when he left Red Bull. Like, if, if the team dropped out of the top, uh, dropped top, out of the, the um, top spot in the constructors, Vettel could leave at the end of a, at the end of a contracted year. Like, Vettel was clever. The moment that team was no longer top, he could walk out straight away. He wasn't stupid when he signed his extensions. Like, Ricardo is a bit more of an interesting one, although I think he was probably a bit more expendable given by then. Max was already the golden goose we now know and love. So, like, Ricardo could easily be sacrificed given that Max was, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the guy they're building around anyway. And if, and if Jason and the Italian media is true, what he's saying in the Discord chat, apparently it's something in the region of 35 million a year for Verstappen's extension, which is Jesus. enormous. That's right up there with Lewis Hamilton in terms of serious, mega, like, top two, three on the grid money. Get that get your money, Holmes kid. deal. <laughs> get, get your money, son. Get, you know what, Max? Props to him. Man got paid, you know. And then the other pillar of this driver market has, you know, stayed in place. Charles Leclerc is going to be at Ferrari until the end of the 2024 season. <laughs> A five-year extension. Both parties work. are out of their fucking minds signing that contract. <laughs> like, how big was Matteo Bonotto's boner when he offered him that contract? And then how big was it after Charles actually signed the damn thing? <laughs> like, I was like, a five-year deal is utterly bonkers to me. Like, seriously. With this like, team! I, with I, I this really... Team, I really think that both Red Bull and Ferrari were both afraid of losing their star future drivers to Mercedes. You don't need to give him a five-year deal yeah, to make and that happen, As we've though. established here, Mercedes is perfectly happy to just keep racking up titles, and they have drivers waiting in the wings. Look, yeah, they're Mercedes, but, they can get whoever they want. Yeah, but they're pretty much, it seems like Red Bull and Ferrari are hedging their bets that Mercedes won't be able to replace Lewis Hamilton with a driver on par with Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen. To which, to, to, to which I say, you know, you have that little faith in your own driver pool that includes George freaking Russell? This is, well, to be fair, why do you think Esteban Ocon left? <sighs> Another one of the four drivers who, as of the day of recording, is signed beyond the 2021 season, if I recall. Yes. Yeah. And he is no and longer associated with Mercedes-Benz anymore. Yep. Instead, he's mm. he's associated with the company whose CEO is in Lebanon. <laughs> As you do. Huh? And was put in there via box. 
As, as Vic pointed out, like, Ocon probably knew he was getting the Verline treatment. <laughs> Which was sad ass. That has to be a term. We, 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 now, we now call it doing the Verline at this point, because, my God, that is a guy that should still be in F1 right now, and yet here yeah. we are. And Mercs have done it with two of their drivers in the last three years. Screams Amazing. and Stoffel Van Dorn. This is this is the problem when you when F1 builds itself on, and especially Mercs, given they're the best team in the field. They are going to be conservative with drivers because, they one, they have Lewis Hamilton. They can afford to be conservative. Two, Valtteri Bottas is, a, is a, at worst, an excellent number two. Right? And, and, of, and youth is a commodity, so you can't have anyone for... You can't hold anyone for that long. You just have to fire them and replace them with someone younger. Think about this right, in Formula 2. And even so, you, you can hold this talent so nobody else uses them against you. It's just like an association football. Like... HWA Race Lab does not have a single Mercedes-affiliated driver on their Formula 2 roster. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's, you know, that point where drivers are entering F1 at, at such a young age and careers are getting longer and longer where it's like, hey, Leclerc and Verstappen could be here for the next 15 years. I'd love to see it. <laughs> You know who wouldn't love to see it? Anyone in Formula 2 or Formula 3 right now. Oh, dear. Yeah, good luck with that, you guys down there. Um, have fun with that. I mean, but, I mean, let... Yeah, let, let's say I, in I, theory... Let's say in theory that Leclerc... Leclerc... Well, that's not a theory of Leclerc. That say they put Mick in that seat in a couple of years alongside Leclerc. And then they don't have to change their driver lineup for a decade. Exactly. The entire <laughs> Ferrari Driver Academy... Is basically redundant for a decade, and you better help me be building good cars for those two. They won't. <laughs> we already know this. Yeah, the, 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 this is Ferrari we're talking yeah. about here. Like I said, I think both parties were insane to do that. Like, yeah, again, Leclerc is be- Leclerc is doing what Vettel did when he signed. He's signing for a few years in hope that Ferrari gets their act together. We've been here before because yeah. Leclerc Leclerc knows he's got time. He does, but at the same time. There is a brand new set of regulations that are coming a year from now. Like, we are a year away from a massive regulation change. We don't know how this is going to shake up the field, especially with salary and budget caps coming into play. And there's a brand new set of cars coming a year from now, and you're signing a five-year extension. Well, considering, like, the lifespan of F1 regulatory, like, changes, like, the rules are probably going to change again in 2025. So... He might just be like, okay, if they get it wrong this time, I could definitely leave the next time. Yeah, that's true. He's, he ha- like, if he if he plays out the full five years, he puts himself in quite a nice position contract-wise again for another extension. The thing is, though, I'm really not convinced he's going to be there for five years. <laughs> uh, I'd say... Considering the status of Ferrari, I'd say, I'd say the only way Leclerc leaves is if Ferrari finishes lower than fourth in the constructors in any of those seasons, or Ferrari leaves Formula One, which I don't think is going to happen. No, me neither. I'm just getting 2014 flashbacks. <laughs> 2014 flashbacks. Now, speaking of things that have been packed into a box and shipped away to be buried in a desert... Uh, they've, uh, rejected the 2020 spec tires after a few tests, and they decided, yeah, this wasn't it, Chief. 
Yeah, um, they were universally derided by pretty much everyone who drove on them, regardless of the conditions, regardless of the compounds, regardless of the car. Pirelli, what the how, fuck? How bad were the 2020 tires when the grid unanimously voted to get rid of them? The, this is this is an F1. How bad tire. were they F- compared to the 2019 tires when half the 2019 grid tried to put together a vote to go back to the 2018 tire construction? Unanimously rejected. Do you know how unlikely a unanimous vote is in Formula One? <laughs> Everyone who drove on them said, yeah, fuck this. Honestly, like, that is like me winning the lottery while mounting Halle Berry. That is how <laughs> unlikely that is actually <laughs> It's not happening, people. Like, seriously. <laughs> Croak. I don't agree on anything. <laughs> the uh, the headline from Motorsport ne- from the Motorsport Network, Rojan said the 2020 tires still quote not what you dream of. Oh lord. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know who's ready for 2021 and Pirelli to deliver us our first set of tires in the 18 inch era? Formula two, Formula two, Formula two. Okay, let's talk about some signings. It's countdown oh. to signing day. Oh, oh lord. Let's talk about Man, some F2 signing day. <laughs> and F3 signing day. Yeah. F3 signing day. Well, we had our Which, big uh, Formula 2 signing day, but there have been a few more that come into the pipeline. Yes, yes. Filling out, filling out the gaps, making sure we got, you know, all our big all our big signings for, for next season. Uh, so, uh, Louis Delatraz is back, and he is Ash. alongside a... A new teammate with a familiar last name. What last name oh, would really? that be? PK. Pedro PK. Pedro PK. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, Nelson PK Jr.'s younger brother. Leave this Indeed. one al- Leave this one alone, Flavio. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro PK was fifth in the Formula 3 championship with a feature race win in Spa Frankershop. And also at MP. Uh, there is another Brazilian rookie for next season, uh, Felipe Drugovic. Uh, he was middle of the road in F3 last year. Uh, a lot of people, you know, debated the signing, but it's more, it's more of a case of it's MP Motorsport. They're not one of the best teams in F2, so they have to go searching for drivers who want to be in F2. Yeah, and I'll say this. Like, the Euro Formula Open Championship, it's not what European Formula 3 once was. But when you win 14 out of 16 races at anything, like you did in 2018, you're you're a little good. You're you're certainly better than Mahavira (laughs) Gunathan. And thus, the lowest bar in history has been crossed. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say, like, how low is that bar? <laughs> like, well, up. well, that's the dude he's replacing, so... <laughs> well, it can't be any worse, can it? <laughs> it literally I'm, can't. Also, if you're staying up till like, late Thursday night and early Friday morning, like I am, to watch uh, Honda's Super Formula and Super GT kickoff party, uh, this is also when Honda will announce their, uh, their motorsports activities, and this is when I expect we'll hear... That Honda Formula Dream Project star Yuki Tsunoda uh, will step up from Formula 3 to Formula 2 with Carlin. This is not official as of recording, but it is highly, highly anticipated. Motorsport.com yes. even have it as an official lock, which I don't know where they got that from, but okay. <laughs> we'll go with it. 
We'll go with it. Roll with it. I'm, uh, I'm down. Yes, it should also... Before we go down to Formula 3, we should also mention in Formula 2 for next season, they've retired the number 19, which was Antoine Hubert's number. Of course. Uh, as a result, the ninth place team in the team's championship, uh, which surprisingly is Prima. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, yeah, that show Prima had a bad year last year. Uh, they've elected also not to run the 18, so they still have consecutive numbers. They'll be running the 20 and 21 next year. Ah, uh, yes. That makes sense. Okay. Gotcha. And in Formula 3, Prima have announced their driver lineup to hopefully dominate Formula 3 again. Two-thirds of it. Will... Well, two-thirds of their lineup. Well, that's all, that's all, that's all they need, really. <laughs> So like, really, they need free to dominate now? This is Prima we're talking about here. So they have uh, last year's reigning Formula Regional European Champion, uh, the Dane Frederick Vesti, alongside American Logan Sargent. Coming off his third place in Macau, I should say. Um, I know we don't get to cover Formula 3 that much. Frederick Vesti, early betting favorite for the championship. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Good driver and good car, probably gonna win. Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, what did we put you on this show for again? For great takes like that one. <laughs> Thank you, sir. A take one would refer to as absolute zero. I've got another driver that's been signed because ART used to be the shit in what used to be GP3. Uh, then Prima knocked them off their pedestal. Now they think they've got somebody because leading their lineup is 16-year-old Theo Porcher. Yes, a 16-year-old born in August of 2003 who has no... Oh, for fuck's sake. He has no <laughs> cognitive memory of Alonso's two championships. He is the reigning German Formula 4 champion. It is his third year of single-seaters. He is an Alfa Romeo Sauber Jr. driver. Yes, and... Did you say he was born in August 2003? Yes. He's 11 years younger than I am, and I'm, and I'm not that old at 27. I'm the middle child on this show. What, what the hell? The future is now, old man. <laughs> the future is now, and the future is Punisher. Oh, dear God. I, I, feel, I feel terrible. He's, Shoot me. He's going to be good. Um, also, yeah. it was very good to hear that Alex Peroni, who had that massive wreck at Monza, um, going completely end over oh, end God. in spectacular fashion. Um, good news, he has recovered. Um, he hasn't announced a team yet, but he is committed to doing 2020 Formula 3 next year, which is awesome to see. Awesome. That is awesome. Ooh. Moving stateside. Stateside to the American Formula 2 Championship. Oh, God. The disrespect. Oh, God. <laughs> Can I, can I just say I'm not affiliated with any of those comments whatsoever? Like, Jeez, is that why Alonzo <laughs> couldn't even qualify? No. It was the engine, you see. It had to be the engine. Lotus in the engine. Lotus in the engine. Ah. Speaking, speaking of Alonzo failing to qualify. Um, IndyCar. <laughs> Penske Ooh. is officially in control. Oh, God. The deal was made final and official as of the day of this recording, January 7th. <laughs> Roger Penske owns IndyCar and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. God, how As if he didn't own it before. 
Y'all, it's a weird flex to include the Indianapolis 500 as part of the Penske games, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I think we can make a hilarious five-minute video out of this, personally. <laughs> Welcome to the Indianapolis five-minute video. All on this week goes over to the Penske games. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Alonzo having engine problems, it seems like Alonzo might be back in May behind the wheel of a Honda powered Indica. How big I have, was I the am gift so basket? skeptical of this. I'm calling bullshit very, on this. Very. Honda cool. was I'm, willing I'm, I'm to. Honda was willing to pay to have him not drive one of their cars last year. <laughs> How big was the gift basket? Massive. It was a full hamper. Now, if if I'm in Alonso's shoes, do I try to smooth things over with Honda, or? Get or, or get a third seat at the unproven uh, Arrow-Smith-Peterson McLaren team, which uh, their, their, their record of also qualifying for the 500 has been real spotty over the past couple of years. No, no what will least. happen is that they'll say that he has a seat for the 500, but it's actually just a PR seat. <laughs> oh my god. Sitting alongside Hinchcliffe, I would oh not be surprised God. if I found him to like trying to find to hustle for a seat with like an hour to go before the end of qualifying on Sunday. I'm afternoon. just saying, if 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 SPM also see, also be McLaren Arrow now end up putting Alonso in one of their cars after dumping Hinchcliffe, I will burn every bit of merchandise I have of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you want you want to go youth, you commit to that damn youth product. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not bringing in freaking forty year old. <laughs> Fernando Alonso now because oh he's good for the sport. Fuck you. Well the well the alternative is he goes into a seventh car at Andretti Autosport. <laughs> a seventh, seventh car. Seventh. Seventh. Over over a seventh fifth of the field. What you know about seven? Pay me. <laughs> so what are we call the side of his car now? Fernando grits and gravy Alonso. <laughs> 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 yes, I got that reference. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. I, I don't buy that he's going to be driving a Honda car. I'd love to be wrong, but I don't buy it. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's rumored that Andretti will have, you know, six cars in Indianapolis plus the one that they uh, have the technical partnership with Shank with. So that that's already six going in. Plus, yeah, the the sixth team seat for Indianapolis, then a seventh car for Alonso, giving us eight cars in total with some connection to Andretti Autosport. That's literally a quarter of the field. Great, a quarter of the field that Simon Pagino can bitch slap again. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I was going to say, that, wouldn't, wouldn't that be hilarious if they had, like, eight cars in the field and then Joseph Newgarden finally wins the big one next year? We know no, this. It you pour it in blood, sweat, and tears. You put eight cars on the grid. You get F1 world champions, and then you lose to Penske. No, no, no. I, I will also settle for an for an Ed Carpenter victory just for lol's sake. Is, is this a segue? Well, I should before we move on. I should note that uh, despite not having a driver for said seat, McLaren have already announced that they will run a third car in Indianapolis. That's what, like, we all know. We all know who the third car is probably going to be. 
It's likely going to be some. If it's not Hinchcliffe, it's, it's not, not going to be. Unfortunately, it's not going to be Hinchcliffe, which is some bullshit. It'll, it'll probably be to uh, Sebastian Bourdais, if anybody, because now they have his old race engineer Craig Hampson coming into the team. True. Oh Lord. Speaking of which coin, I think. Yeah, speaking. Yeah, speaking, speaking of coin. Spanish drivers that will be driving a Honda-powered car, and it's not who you think. It's not Oriel Servia. So yeah, and Alexander the, Rossi sighs in relief. So yeah, <laughs> Dale Coin Racing decides not to re-sign Sebastian Bourdais because a sponsor has left the team, meaning they couldn't re-sign him. Uh, they didn't say who, but I'm looking at you, Seal Master. We all know it's you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is Seal Master. I thought that was confirmed. No, they they didn't say who. They just said unnamed sponsor. Uh, so. They didn't re-sign Bourdais. They had a short list of drivers, which included James Hinchcliffe, but one that snuck under every IndyCar fan's radar, but not to other people's radars. They signed Alex Palou. Alex wow. Palou, who comes in uh, as the rating Super Formula Rookie of the Year and finished third in the series championship. Uh, that's a good signing. A that's a really rookie of the year. That's, that's a you know really good signing. Holy shit! You know it is? I looked at that and I was like, "That is clever. That is a very shrewd bit of business from Coin." Yeah. <laughs> Go back and watch the Fuji round of the Super Formula Championship, the one that he won from pole and basically turned into a personal track meet. The one that he had to win wet. while in scuba gear. <laughs> yeah. Scuba game. Yeah. Okay. In a rain soaked race in Fuji, in his fourth Korea start, driving for Nakajima Racing, a team who, in recent years, has kind of been akin to a Dale Coin Racing or an AJ Foyd Enterprises, because they hadn't won a whole lot in the last few years, and he turned them into title contenders immediately upon arrival with three pole positions. And you mean to tell me you're going to turn him loose in an Indy car? That is, that is exciting. I once it's called. Like Coin made an ex- is it, he, Coin actually made an exciting, smart financial business play. I'm Unfortunately, they lost pretty much all the tools that made their cars competitive. Yeah. Oh. But they did gain a partner that's won the GT500 championship in the 24 hours of the mock because Kazumichi Go is bought in the team. Yep. Got it. Dale. Dale fighting for that coin. Uh. They they haven't announced who's in the other seat yet at Dale Coin, but we probably know. We probably know who. Though it feels real weird that they're taking this long to get a deal together. Something uh, doesn't so, feel right. You know, like I said, I find it amazing that, like, given how much smoke NBC was blowing up his ass. No, that, that's what happened. His dad gave all of their money to NBC to promote him, and then realized <laughs> he ran out of funding for the seat. Well, that would be, like, clearly the most Santucci thing of all time. That's disrespecting the also, troops. But you know who's not tangent. disrespecting the troops? No, no, weird tangent. So Autosport went through the top stories of the decade, and obviously one of the stories on the list was um, Santino Ferrucci's weekend in Silverstone. And uh, I did not know how they knew Santino was driving with his phone in the car, but... Uh, I, in the article, they pointed out how they found out. Uh, he he posted on Snapchat of him driving the car. Uh, oh, dear. Which uh, also makes a lot of his statements about what happened 
now, in retrospective, really false. God. Um, That's your man's. Saint, um, Connor Daly has also has a ride. He is the uh, the road course Voltron piece of the uh, the Ed Carpenter Connor Daly Voltron with the national with the I think it's the Air Force. I don't know which uh, paid patriotism yes, it's, service. It's the United States Air Force. That, that's always a win, right? <laughs> yes, the United States yeah. Air Force. We're definitely not going to use this to start crewing. Welcome to the Armed Forces Network. <laughs> Honestly, the way that Connor Daly was driving at bit parts, especially for a for a seemingly comatose Carlin team at times, um, not not an undeserved hire at all. I think is going to make the most of that. I would like to see Ed step away, but I know he's just going to Gary Bettenhouse in this and stick it out until he wins the five hundred. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Why not? Right? Why not? Dragon Speed. Is competing in six races this year. We don't know who their drivers are, but if it was anything like the way they got in the Indy 500 last year, <laughs> look out. Ooh. And I think there is one more semi-surprising name that's thrown his hat into the ring for an Indy yeah, 500 cause, drive. Yeah, because his brother did the race, so Kyle uh, Bootcut Bush wants to do the <laughs> Indy 500. You're reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion. And new Lexus sports car enthusiast. More on that later. Kyle Bootcut Bush. Obviously no team to announce. This is still very tentative, but I guess he's been approved to do the Indianapolis 500 and would get some crossover appeal. Yeah, he uh, only has approval to run with Chevy engines, though, because Toyota... Well, you'd think he wouldn't because he competes against Chevy and NASCAR, but Toyota competes directly against Honda in Japan, so I don't fucking know. Yeah, he's just gonna drive an. M- to- they're just gonna have M M&M and M badged engines. M and M badged engines. Can't wait to drive for McLaren and M and M. I can't wait for Toyota to come back to IndyCar and be just as uncompetitive. Oh Lord. Okay, uh, Trey, I think you have some explaining to do over the next lane in the saddle. Yeah, it's the MotoGP section, so of course they defer to me on this but one. But wait, and all the drivers are signed. All the riders are signed up. So there's pretty much. Yeah, there's no possible way we could have any news. No, right. well, we're talking uh, about the the story that you most expect to hear in the world of two wheeled racing. Well, but it's usually the one where you have to pedal a bicycle. Well, I'll say yeah. what RJ put in the set list: Dirty Ian yeah. pissed hot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some sort of weird fetish video, but here we are. Whoa! Um, Considering but, the rider uh, in question, it would not surprise me. Well, given that the man tattoos the maniac to describe himself across his chest, it would not surprise me at all either. But yeah, I'm taking you back nearly a month to December 17th, uh, where Andre Iannone was announced to be provisionally suspended from MotoGP due to, and I can't believe I'm saying this, steroid use. Um, yeah, turns out they did a drug test of Iannone at the Malaysian Grand Prix at Sepang um, back in late October. Um, and it and the A sample they tested was found to have traces of anabolic steroids in the A sample. Um, it was analysed by a, 
a laboratory um, in, accredited by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Um, and as a result, you know, he was given a provisional suspension. It's a part of the FIM's anti-doping code. Now, for full context, Ian Oni can appeal the results. Um, Get that B sample out! Yeah, just like athletics, um, he can request the B sample, is also tested. He can also appeal to the International Disciplinary Court for a suspension to be lifted as well. But to do that, he'd have to be able to provide proof that the samples he, he had given them was contaminated, which... You know, is unlikely. Or the other possibility is uh, he could claim it was either a tainted supplement, or he can claim he had taken the banned substances accidentally. Which, given it's an anabolic steroid he took, these things don't normally come up by accident. Yeah. Uh, it's very, 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 very hard to prove you've taken an anabolic steroid by accident. Um, if and like Ian Oni, I think is in the process of appealing this suspension. The problem is with that is, is that the hearing for that, I believe, isn't until February. And, and, Ian, and that's the thing. Aprilia have still got a test at Sepang to get through before that happens. Um, so now Aprilia is in a bit of a pickle. Do they want to commit themselves to Andrea Iannone where there is the possibility of a four-year suspension hanging over his head? Because that is the mandatory ban if you are caught doping in bike racing run by the FIM. It is a four-year suspension, which would effectively end Iannone's career, given he's 32 as it is. Um, Damn. Man, Frank Montani got popped for getting traces of, of cocaine in his system. He was out for two years. Yeah, see, this is the thing. The, the riders pushed hard for this last year. About, I mean, like the, the two main guys were Mark Marquez and Cal Crutchlow. They were both pulling... For a clean sport, the FIM has been pushing hard in terms of you know stressing anti-doping. They really don't want to fall under the same martyrist like trap like cycling and athletics have had to go through, and well, anything to do with Russia in the last three years, basically. Shout outs um, so to yeah, adopted it- American driver Robert Schwartzman. <laughs> <laughs> Authorized neutral athlete Robert Schwartzman, the way this is going, but um, yeah. So like I said, they, these these steroids are virtually impossible to get into a body by accident. Um, it is like it's 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 not looking it's good, Chief. Sell. It's not looking good. It's not. It, it they're very hard to take by accident, and it's they're normally used to build muscle mass, burn fat, and reduce inflammation. They are absolutely a performance enhancer. And as I said, a four-year ban would pretty much be the end of the Yeah, I get the sneaking suspicion with this. We may have seen the last of Andre Iannone on a bike. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, all um, all Aprilia has to do is just plug Bradley Smith and it's fine. Yeah, that that that's precisely it. If it doesn't work out, then you know, if if they have to let Iannone go, if this suspension is upheld, they'll just plug Bradley Smith in, who is still currently their test rider. Um, that's the easiest, most straightforward move because I mean, good luck finding anyone half decent to fill in now when everybody is tied down for their respective teams and contracts for the year ahead. Bradley is not; he is still the test rider for him. That would absolutely be the nailed-on um, easy move. Would be to just promote Bradley Smith from within. Um, so, yeah, that is the that is the the nooks and crannies. Like I said, I think the hearing for Ian O'Neill's B sample is 
I believe, in February, right around the time of the Sepang test. Apparently, Aprilia is going to keep Iannone on for now and even use him in that test. So, uh, Aprilia, let's just say it wouldn't be the first time they've basically given themselves a really bad look by running a driver that could pretend, a rider that's potentially pissed hot under their, under their umbrella at the same time. So, uh, yeah. Who, Have fun who, with that, who was the first? Um, well, I wouldn't say about first. I'm just talking about a pretty is generally pretty shit PR when it comes to riders, team management, etc. I was thinking, like, when the hell did Hector Barber arrive for the team? Because he's about the only dude who's been <laughs> up to, like, shady shit like this this decade. Well, Danny Kenk, you probably throw in there, too, to be fair. But, oh, uh, yeah. He never, never got to MotoGP. By the way, um, by the way, it's wild that, like, Andrea Iannone uh, getting popped for roids is the second wildest story that we've talked about this past 80 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. It's crazy. Steroids and bike racing. It, it just, right. like, Keep in mind, that test amazing. is very important for them because they they are the only team showing up with effectively a brand new bike for 2020. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, it's a big year for a prettier on paper. They don't need this. They're a team in <laughs> turmoil. They do not need one of their drivers pissing one of their riders pissing hot. Oh my god! Not in the slightest. It it's it's it wouldn't be pretty to say the least. Um, you know, so it, it it there's a lot going on for them right now, and uh, yeah, I, oof, uh, that wouldn't help either. Another quick minor uh, GP story to get through as well. Um. You know, all the talk about uh, Valentino Rossi and this seemingly was going to be the retirement tour year? Yes, the Valentino, uh, nope. the Valentino Rossi uh, fan appreciation tour, 1992. About that, cancelled the plans. Apparently, Valentino Rossi has come out and said that he would be open to a move to you know the satellite Yamaha Patronus team if it meant it could prolong his top-line career. Um, oh god! Well, clearly, I say at clearly least I have a thing. better chance of winning my tenth title with them. I mean, they're the better Yamaha team, or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Like so, it's it's an interesting one because well, Valentino Rossi's forty-one next month, um, and well, this is the quote he gave the uh, Gazette della Sporto earlier this week. He goes, "I don't see all that much difference." Difference to go to Patronus, said Rossi in a recent interview with the Gazette della Sporto. I would prefer to stay where I am, but we are free riders for two places, so you have to think of me as a third place. And for me, even if it's Patronus, it doesn't seem like such a bad team. But maybe Vignales will go, or Quattararo changes bike. Who knows? I will need some time to understand. Around mid-season, I'll talk to Lynn Jarvis and Yamaha to see what they think. Unfortunately, in today's MotoGP, everything is decided at the beginning of the year. Um, basically, like, it's interesting because I... Rossi spoke about this when he raced in the Gulf 12 hours. He basically said that he wants to... He, he kind of knows the end is nigh, and he would be thinking probably would be for the best if he didn't renew his contract in the middle of next year but from David Emmett and guys in the know they've also said that apparently Rossi will say by Mugello next year what he wants to do basically um what I would also say on top of that though is that Lynn Jarvis is one of the few people in the MotoGP paddock that would actually have the balls to say to Valentino you're not coming back. That's what basically. I'm I, I'm really thinking that he might be saying this so that he has an option because we know what Yamaha wants to do. 
We know they want Quattararo on that bike. El Diablo! And if... I don't think Lynn Jarvis would risk letting Quattararo leave to go to another manufacturer so Rossi can stay on the blue bike. He'd be out of his mind to do that. Also, I'm going to say, if uh, if Valentino Rossi goes to Patronus SRT, it ain't going to be called no Patronus SRT. It's going to be Sky VR46 Yamaha. <laughs> Uh, are we gonna get yeah, are we gonna get Sky and an oil company throwing money in a war for sponsorship? Hell yeah, let's do it. No, what I was gonna say is that uh, as as Vic pointed out in the chat, it would not be the first time Lynn Jarvis pulled the plug on Valentino because when I'm like, if ever, if anyone has the first time he left Yamaha, he, yeah, the first time he left Yamaha in 2010, the same year Jorge Lorenzo won his first top flight title. Lynn Jarvis turned around and said to Valentino, Avi, you're taking a pay cut and being the number two rider. Or we can get out, basically, because we're building a team around Lorenzo now, basically. Um, and Rossi walked and went to Ducati instead. <laughs> that <laughs> so, went real well. Yeah. Yeah, well, guess who came crawling back? <laughs> and is now so, still yeah. in the sport while Lorenzo is sipping, sipping alcohol on a beach somewhere. While being offered a Yamaha testing contract. Ah, yes, that came out as well. Yeah, weeks after uh, his retirement from the sport, uh, Yamaha were very quick to get a testing offer in because, hell, it's Jorge Lorenzo. Why the fuck wouldn't you? Um, Basically, um, apparently Lorenzo is mulling that one over while sipping Bacardi's on a a beach somewhere in in a really obscure foreign country, enjoying his retirement like he bloody well should. Don't do it, Jorge. Don't do it. You've worked too hard for this. <laughs> and yeah, um, it's it is kind of crazy that we're talking about Valentino Rossi like as the last alien standing, and even at forty-one, he's still he, talking about now prolonging his career. I'm like, he won the really? majority of his championships before the alien era, rode through the alien era, and now he's the last one left. He came so, out the other side. It's crazy. So what, what's what's the odds Rossi Rossi rides on till the age limit? Because that that is still a thing. I have he a feeling that, that, that title. That, I think Valentino Rossi is going to have to go to the Los Angeles Chargers to get that tenth title. Yeah, because oh, if he rides God. onto the age limit, he has nine seasons left. I, I, I'm going to give you ten to one odds on that right now. <laughs> Does Valentino Rossi have receivers to throw to? Asking for a friend. Mm. I don't know, but apparently, according to his wife, he can't do everything. <laughs> Sports cars, anyone? <laughs> oh my god. Yes, roll it 24 time. Roll it 24 time. Let's go. Got a lot of IndyCar drivers in it. Got Kyle Bootcut Bush. Now, the Kyle- reason why we're calling him Kyle Bootcut Bush is because his driving uniform generated a little bit of controversy in the IMSA paddock. Are they really going to give him shit for how he wears his pants on his driving suit? My man. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. I've not not seen this. I don't know if there's pictures. Yes. What happened? So, basically, if if you watch NASCAR, you know how the drivers like their race suits compared to drivers in literally every other motorsport category. We don't get to see them because they're in closed cockpit cars. I mean, if if you pay attention when they step out and throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh. So, in most other categories, most drivers tuck their race suit into their driving shoes. 
not NASCAR. They wear their driving suits l- like pants. Like pants. They do. I, I, I have spotted that before. Yeah, the, the whole thing's just draped over their waist. It's like it's like an unpeeled banana. Um, it's it's weird. <laughs> but uh, what was the controversy regarding that then? Um, oh, the other drivers were every, shitting like, on him for wearing his yeah, driving suit like that. Like, like it is. Oh. It's something that really takes used to getting lo- like looking at. Like if, when you see it for the first time, you hate it, and like it's hard to it, like. I just hate it. it. It's hard to describe why, but it's, it's not a good look. <laughs> oh shit! Breaking uh, IndyCar news. Oh shit! Oh hold up! Hold up! We got breaking news on this recording. <laughs> uh, Dreyer and Reinbold oh, yeah. will be competing in at least four races this season. Not just the Indianapolis 500. Nice. We got expansion. With the homeboy. <laughs> Sage Karam is back. Yeah, the quote, yes! Sage will be back and we're working on JR and that's JR Hildebrand. Noted, noted winner of the Indianapolis 499.7. <laughs> the homeboy is back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is a meme. This is going straight on the M101 Twitter. Oh, hell yes. Um, Excellent. Oh, my God. So, first is- major, yeah, first major sports car event is, of course, the Rolex 24. And if it's just like, if it's just from the testing, the the John before the big yawn, uh, also known as the Roar before the 24, like, in some of your pro-am classes, you're stacked with Townsend Bell, Mr. Flatcap, Shane Van Gisberg, and the aforementioned Kyle Busch, your reigning Intercontinental GT champion Dennis Olsen, an all-women's team featuring Catherine Legg, Christina Nielsen, Tatiana Calderon, of all people, um... Tati! Uh, SRO Triple Crown champion Andrea Calderelli, um, you've got AJ Allmendinger, NASCAR and IndyCar star, uh, goodness you got... You've got Ben Keating... Running in LMP2 and GTD. This old man, this old Tetson's about to run two classes. Please make sure the fuel tanks are to capacity. Ryan uh, Ryan Hunter Ray in the 55 Mazda. Speaking of LMP2 cars, you got you've got Nicola Lapierre, Nick Manassian. You've got noted enemy of the Apple Car, David Heinemeyer Hansen on board. <laughs> Colin Braun Ooh. and Harrison Newey. Ben Hanley is in it. And Scott these are just Dixon. the pro-am classes. Scott Dixon. Yeah, these are just the pro-am classes. Yeah. We ain't even got to DPI and GTLM. Yeah. Where it really becomes the all-star race. Yeah. Um, Four days. Uh, we're Lord really Duval. hoping this year. We're really, really hoping this year that unlike last year, we're not counting hours under caution while yep, speaking yep, yep. underwater. Because, <laughs> man, l- last year was so good for the first 14 hours and then the last 10 hours weren't so good. And then Mazda are just hoping they can even get that far before the team changes yeah. hands. Yeah, because Mazda have been setting blistering times in testing. They broke just like their, last year. Yeah, they broke their own track record from last just year. Just like last year. Yes. Um, can anyone remind me what happened to Mazda in the race last year? Kenward couldn't tell you. Um, I, I believe the term was fry active. <laughs> um. Mazda fanboys, hit your brakes. They've never even finished this race before, and Acura was all over them in one of the later sessions. With, of course, their lineup of, um, <clears throat> in the six car, Juan Pablo Montoya, Dane Cameron, and Simon Pagano. 
and the seven card with Ricky Taylor, Elio Castroneves, and Alexander Rossi. Should note out that that, that that Jordan Taylor is out of this category. That's fine. Wayne Taylor Racing has Ryan Briscoe, Scott Ditson, and Kamui Kobayashi with Ranger Vanderson, the lowest graded driver in the car. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> when your lowest graded graded driver is Ranger Vanderson. How do you lose Jordan Taylor and somehow get better? I don't know. Ask Wayland Engineering, who have all platinums. Nazar, Durrani, Albuquerque, and Mike Conway's and Conway. <laughs> this is ridiculous. As well yeah. as, as well as the new but looks exactly the same Mustang sampling Cadillac for JDC. What's a pass? What's a pass? Joao Barbosa, Loic Duval, and Tristan Vautier. Oh and, come on! And what Bourdais is full time. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yeah, we didn't mention it. While Bourdais is um while Bourdais is out of his indie car ride, he's just like, eh, I'll just go in the other <laughs> Premier Road Course American series. Uh, my fuck around say, and win a few MSA races. I was gonna say, RJ, do you know how stacked this is? This, <laughs> this reminds me of the field Premier is League. an embarrassment of riches. And we ain't even like, got to is- GTLM yet, which has Colton Herta. Which has Colton Herta. Which, that's, that's it. That's the tweet. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Colton Herta. I, I, I want a second watch, guys. Uh, be careful what you post on social media. BMW might frown upon that. That's another story for another time. Yeah. And the new C8Rs are looking very good. And not Ferraris. Not The not Ferraris. With their new signing, Nikki Katzberg, in the three wow. car. And um, nice. Porsche's drivers are saying that the new RSR feels better than the old one ever did around Daytona. (laughs) Fire up that steamroller, baby! Oh, boy. Cam is just going to show up next week in his bathrobe. (laughs) It's like, bitch, I'm ready. Oh, and and their new driver signings in each car. Maddie Campbell and Matthew Jaminet. Matt and Matt... (laughs) With Nick Tandy, Super GT alumnus Fred Makowiecki, and the Lawrence Lord. Van Thor and Earl Bamber. Lawrence, who gave me one of the better quotes from Petit Le Mans. Um, if you make an attempt to watch one endurance race, try and make it this one. It's in a couple weeks. Um, we're, Again, Maybe. we're just hoping that the track isn't underwater, because when Daytona does run in the dry, it's really good. And when it doesn't, well, that's just Florida weather for you. Um, also, I was going to say, you know how stacked this is? This is like the Premier League darts last year when MVG played Gary Anderson. And MVG has seven perfect darts in the leg, misses the eighth. Gary Anderson turns around and hits a 170 and Rod Studd goes on the radio, this is madness! That's what that is! Uh, it's going to be good. It is. Gonna- oh my god. And uh, more news. Scott Dixon is doing the Bathurst 12 hours. Yes, which is going to take place. They are planning to have it, despite the brush fires in the region. It's still taking place. 40 cars on the entry list for the bathroom 12 hours. Sweet. (laughs) And that comes right after Daytona. Ah, wow. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to lose sleep over this. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like he already has. 
Also, an update to the Jack goes, does it have pancakes on site? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get him Willie T. Wish. Ribs' phone number. Stat. Autosports up 50. Now. Oh, God. Oh, one more thing for the sports car side of things. Y'all ever just get disqualified from testing? Oh, yeah. Because so, four uh, of the doing? five Lamborghini Huracan GTD entries were disqualified for having unapproved gear ratios in testing. Of course, How? it is also a 24-hour race, and I don't expect this to anticipate it much. On the other hand, they did tack the gear racing team from that, and their car looks awesome. I gotta post the image again. Look at this thing. So good. Have a good again. Oh, that is superb. Oh, that's stunning. Look at that. That's the car for Christina Nielsen, Catherine Lagg, Tatiana Calderon. It's basically American comic book art on a Lamborghini Huracan. And why they penalize oh. it? Because the gear ratios were all wrong. In a test session that's all about BOP gamesmanship. <laughs> oh. The hits and nothing but the hits. Ah, yes, just like how Montoya was saying that the Acuras is struggling, and then in the next session, Acura went 1-2 by about a second. Again, the hits, and not the butt the hits. <laughs> but if you think about it, whenever when Rock Lee threw off the weights at the tuning exam, that was basically the ultimate BOP change. Uh, we've given him a 350-pound weight reduction. <laughs> <sighs> On that bombshell, should we get angry about a magazine's top 50 list? Please stay tuned for the second part of our recording where we talk about the Autosport Top 50. I'm RJ O'Connell for Motorsport 101. Catch y'all next time. Later, y'all!